Well, it's nice to see Pastor Sarah in there this morning. And Sarah, as you uh, may remember, uh, was with our India team. We have some fantastic ladies that have gone a couple years now to India, and uh, Sarah was on that team, leading that team, and now she's on a sabbatical for several more weeks. She'll be joining us back here later in the summer, but we do miss her. It was good to see her face this morning, uh, sharing with us that we are on mission together as we've been focusing this month on mission. Particularly, we've been highlighting being on mission together in our city here in Calgary and our region, as well as highlighting uh, some of our global partners around the world. But how many know that uh, God has called us on mission, uh, and uh, the mission continues to go today as we are the church. We've been looking at Acts over these last number of weeks. And so today, uh, we are going to continue in Acts chapter 13. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and, and open it up. We also have scripture on the screens for you this morning. But I want to share with you today how, with God's help and by His grace, how we can, as a church, take the mission of God uh, to the next level. Taking the mission of God to the next level. Acts chapter 13, we find a church now has been started, uh, another major church. The first church was the church in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And the church started there as we looked at it several weeks ago. And uh, a reminder that we are the church. The church is not a building. Uh, The church is not programs. Uh, You are the church. I am the church. And the church is unstoppable. The church is on mission together across the globe. But we find another major center has now been established as the church started and the people of God began to uh, scatter throughout that known region of the world up into the Mediterranean and, and uh, into Asia Minor and some of these other areas. But this church now was Antioch. The church was called Antioch in a city of, called Antioch at that time, which was a major world city, a major world force at that time of history. It would have been a city very similar in many respects to, to Calgary in the sense that it was an economic center. It was a business center. It was a political center. It was a thriving center full of culture. And we see a church now in Acts 13 has been started there, not only reaching Jewish people, but reaching Gentiles. In other words, non-Jewish people. The gospel was being spread because of persecution and because of what the Holy Spirit was doing. And people are coming to Jesus. And as we know in Acts that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And it continues today all across the globe. We are a result of this movement Over 2,000 years ago now, as we look back and we see this movement called the church. How many are thankful uh, to be a part of this beautiful movement, the church? It's incredible. It's unstoppable. It's amazing. It's it's what Jesus uh, had in his heart and is what he has sent us on mission to continue to do, is to share the good news of Jesus around the world. So Acts chapter 13, we find this, this church and... There's a couple of people that are highlighted here. Paul, um, Saul, who later became Paul, and Barnabas. And they had actually gone now, they were sent to pastor this church in Antioch uh, for about a year. And they they brought leadership. Uh, And this is the first place as well, Antioch, where the followers of Jesus were now called Christians. So if you've been called a Christian or you would identify yourself as a Christian, this was the very first time when other people were saying, these people are like Christ. 
Christian means really little Christs. And so what was happening is people were going, there's all these little Jesuses walking around doing all these incredible things like Jesus. They look like Jesus. They sound like Jesus. Uh, and so they called them Christians. And so I think that's a compliment. You know, the word Christian in our culture has, has been abused, unfortunately. And a lot of people are like, well, man, everything's called Christian. But the origin of being a Christian means that you look like Jesus, that you walk like Jesus, that you talk like Jesus. And I think we need to redeem the word Christian in our culture today. I think people need to say, when well, you're a Christian, I know what you mean. You look like Jesus. You sound like Jesus. You, you walk like Jesus. So Antioch is where we find this. And so here we go, verse 1 of chapter 13. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So right away we're introduced to some leaders. I want us to notice a couple things right off the top. First of all, uh, there are strong leaders that are in this church. Strong leaders. These are uh, leaders that are committed to the mission of God, uh, including the two I'd already mentioned, Saul or Paul and Barnabas. Strong leaders, missions-minded. And secondly, um, we, need, we also notice that there's a diversity of this group of leaders. They're, they're from a diverse background. And I think we see this represented uh, even here in our church, in our community, there's, there's leadership that are committed to seeking after God and saying, God, where are we going and what are you saying to us as a church? And as we spread the gospel, uh, where are we going on mission together? And then a diversity uh, where we see an incredible diverse group of people. First of all, the, the leaders, um, I want to just say that this reminds us that mission is not just one person. It takes all of us together. That when we look at how there are multiple leaders involved in mission, it means that you and I are on mission together. Did you know that you're on mission? Did you know that God has called you as part of this community to, to be part of everything we're doing around the globe? That we can share and partner and, and take part in what we're doing here in our city to reach people for Christ and around the, the globe. And then secondly, this is really interesting. Uh, as I mentioned, there's diversity. Let's look at some of these, these people here. Uh, the first one, some of these prophets and teachers, um, Barnabas, who I mentioned, he was, he, was, uh, he was from the Mediterranean, okay? So Barnabas, Mediterranean guy, all right? So you've got this guy, Barnabas, means son of encouragement. Then we have Simeon, who was called Niger. The, most scholars point back and they say that he was from the region of Niger, which is in Africa, even present-day Africa today, where we understand. So we have a, an African, and then we actually not only have one African, we got two Africans, because Lucius of Cyrene was from northern Africa. So you've got, you've got a Mediterranean guy, and you've got a couple African brothers. How many are thankful for the Africans at First Assembly? We got some, we probably got some Mediterraneans, we probably got some Africans in the house today. And these guys were leaders in the church in, in Antioch, and uh, how many are thankful that the potluck is coming following the service today? And some of these Africans are going to help us take the mission of God to the next level through the potluck. Yes, they are. So good. And not only do we have a couple Africans. And now look at this one. This is very interesting. So speak about diverse leadership here. Um, Menaean, who was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. Okay? So Menaean brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. This is the same Herod 
Do you remember the Herod family in the Bible? Not a very nice family. Uh, would, would make a great reality show today, the Herods. You know, all the nasty things they did to everybody, cutting people, you know. Anyway, but they were the ones responsible. This Herod was the one responsible for beheading John the Baptist. I mean, that's how intense and terrible they were. But what this refers to is Menaean was brought up in the palace. Uh, he was a half-brother, likely, to, to this King Herod that actually beheaded John the Baptist that was uh, you know, a force against Jesus and a force against the church. So what a diverse group of leaders. The, the, the wealthy, the elite, the diversity of nationalities, ethnically, uh, racially. This is the church. It's, it's leaders on mission together, and it's diversity. And it's coming together around this cause of saying, God, we want to be part of your mission. Now, some of you this morning are like, all right, pastor. Your title of your message is, how do we take the mission of God to the next level? And if some of you are really honest, you're here, here this morning going, that's great for you, pastor. Thank you for flying at 10,000 feet. I can barely... I can't, even, I can't think about taking the mission of God to the next level because I can't even think about some of the challenges that I'm walking through this week. And the reality is, is that all of us have some things in our lives before we can even think about, okay, let's be on mission together as a church. That's exciting, and I want to be a part of that. But we, some of us have come this morning really burdened down with some of the personal issues and challenges that we are facing today. I want to encourage you in something this morning as we think about being on mission together, the mission that God has called us to corporately leadership, leaning in together, diversity as a church, like Antioch, being on mission together. That God sees and he cares about your needs deeply this morning. He loves you. He knows the the burdens that you're carrying. He knows the challenges that you're walking through in your life, the family situations that you are navigating right now, maybe some things at work, Maybe some other problems. Maybe even it's just like, I I need a job or I I need to figure out how I'm going to pay this bill. I mean, these are very real things. And I know at times in my life, like I have the hardest time actually getting above and beyond some of the clouds because of some of the things that I feel and I face in my life. But as a reminder to us this morning, and I've seen it true in my own life, when I begin to say, Lord, I am going to take you at your word and I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, the promise that Jesus gives to us is that all these other things that we're concerned about, that he will take care of them. And sometimes we spend a lot of emotional energy focused on our own needs. And again, God sees, he cares, and it's appropriate to bring those things to him. And he loves you and he has provision for you and me. But sometimes we can get so focused on our own needs that we forget that Jesus said, seek first his kingdom. And all these things are going to be taken care of. I think sometimes the the solution for us to hit the next level, to be on mission as a church, is that we get our eyes off of our own needs as our main focus, and we begin to, again, make the main focus about the kingdom, about the church, about the gospel, about the good news advancing around the world. And I think this morning God is saying, lift your head up. And and be like this church in Antioch, this diverse church full of leadership and diversity, that their hearts were saying, we want to be on mission for God in the world that he's called us to. 
And so as we look at taking the mission of God to the next level, we're encouraged by this group in Antioch. Now look at this in verse 2. It says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit said. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them, them having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. What this church did is they rallied around the idea of leadership and mission. And then what they did is they said, God, we don't quite know what to do next or where to go next as a community. So what they did is they fasted, they sought God together through prayer through leaning in, through ministering to the Lord. And they said, God, we're going to take a season. We're going to take some time before we make our next move as a church, before we send out missionaries, before we send out people to the mission, to the fulfilling, uh, the fulfillment of the gospel and the, the great commission, Jesus, that you've called us to. We're just going to dial back a bit and we're just going to minister. We're going to worship you, Lord. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. So this morning, I want to call us to consider as we lead up to next Sunday, which is Pentecost Sunday. As a church, I've called our leadership to some prayer and fasting over this next number of days. We've dedicated, starting later this evening, all the way through uh, this next week to next Sunday, as a week of prayer and fasting leading up to Pentecost Sunday. And so we're going to set our hearts, uh, similar to the way that this church in Antioch set their hearts. And they said, God, we want to know what's, what's next. Personally, in your life, maybe there are some things that you want to set your heart towards to hear from the Lord in a fresh way. You know, the Bible has so many good things in it to share with us about life. Um, somebody said, you know, if you, just, if you need to know kind of anything in life about relationships, you can find it in the Bible. If you need to know anything about business, there's some incredible wisdom about business in the Bible. Did you know that? Uh, If you want to know about marriage, if you want to know about being a parent, if you want to know about being a leader, uh, there's so much great revelation in the scripture. And um, those of you who read the Bible would, would agree. And so you've maybe applied that in your own life. But how many know that it's also true that there's a lot of things that the Bible doesn't tell us that we need to hear from God for in our own lives. For example, even as a church, we say, God, we're we're trying to obey your word the best we can, but you've called us to be on mission here in Calgary. What does that look like for the season ahead? Some of the things that our governing council and our leadership are rallying around over these next uh, number of days and over this week in particular is, God, what are you saying for us as a church for the next 10, 15, 20 years ahead? Where are you calling us? What does that look like? Well, to be on mission, we're to be on mission. Well, what does that look like? We're, we're to maybe, you know, reach out and launch out and stretch out in faith. Well, in what areas, Lord? And what direction should we go? And so we're seeking God together as a church. And you may have some things in your life as well, whether it be relationships, whether it be some decisions that you need to make in business, whether it be some other areas of your life where you're focusing on the word, and that's good, but you need the Holy Spirit to say something to you. And I believe that as we move into this week, I want to invite you into this commitment 
this carving out some space and some time to find some time in your life to focus on, on seeking God through fasting and prayer. Fasting is, is really, it's just seeking a deeper intimacy to hear from the Lord. It's, it's allowing other things to, to be out of your life so that you can create more room for God to be in your life. My daughter, this uh, couple days ago, just graduated from high school. And so we were able to celebrate um, her high school graduation. And I said to my wife, I said to Heather, we were at the grad, and I said, uh, honey, here's the thing. Uh, we're getting older. Like, not just my daughter, but me and her. <laughs> like, once your kid is out of high school, you've grown up. I said, we, we grew up. We're grown-ups now. It's official. Because uh, we always never felt like grown-ups until now, so... But after the celebration of the ceremony, there was a, a beautiful banquet that we were a part of, and Heather and I went, and, and uh, how many know that at banquets, uh, often there are buffets? And how many people are buffet people? You love the buffet. I love buffets, because I get to choose what I want to eat. And so here's the problem with buffets, though. Have you noticed this? Every buffet's the same. You get in line and you look in front of you and you go, wow, that's some really good salad. You always start with a salad. And it's good. You think, well, it's healthy, so I want to take some salad. So you take some salad and you start moving through the buffet line. And then you get, to, oh, man, you're like, wow, I didn't know that was there. And you try to look down the buffet, don't you, to see what's coming. But you can't always quite see it because they've got lids and all these things. But before I knew it, I thought, I'm, just, I'm not going to eat a lot. I'm just going to eat a little bit at the buffet tonight. But as I got almost to like three-quarter way through the line, my plate was already getting pretty full. And because you just have to try it, it's there. And you think, oh, I didn't know they had those kind of potatoes. Oh, I didn't know they had that. I didn't know they had this kind of item on the menu. Oh, and there's two kinds of meat, and there's chicken, and there's salmon, and there's a guy carving roast beef on the end. Like, you got to put some of that on your plate. Every buffet is the same. So I was almost embarrassed coming back to my table with the plate that I had full of food. Mister, I'm not going to eat that much tonight. And I'm, I come back to the table, and I'm like hiding it with napkins. And you know, I like couldn't quite finish everything. I felt like a glutton, and I'm asking God to forgive me. And what kind of witness am I in front of all these other people from the high school and all these parents? And, oh, the pain of the buffet. And it occurred to me as I was thinking about fasting that fasting is very much the opposite of a buffet. Rather than adding things to your plate, it's actually taking things off of your plate. And it's saying, God, I am going to open up some time. I'm going to, some people really like the buffet. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to open up some time in my week. I'm going to take some things off of my plate so that I can lean into a deeper intimacy with you. And so fasting uh, traditionally is food, and uh, maybe you're expecting a baby, or uh, there's other dietary reasons why you're not able to fast food, and some of you are like, well, fast food I can do, McDonald's all week, I'm fasting food, fast food all week. Maybe you're not able to fast food items. There's other things. Uh, young people, I always encourage young people, social media is a great thing to uh, offer as a fast to the Lord uh, not just young people, but senior citizens on Facebook. I mean, really, like, let's be real. Um, we can offer some of these things that crowd out our time. They're not 
bad things. They're not wrong things. They're just saying, God, I am hungrier for more of you than I am for these other things in my life. And so we're going to move into this week, and the call is, it's an invitation to join us with some prayer and fasting as they did in Antioch, because as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, and what the Holy Spirit said to them moved them to a greater level of mission than they had ever experienced before. And I believe that we're going to see some greater levels of breakthrough. Let's look at a couple things real quickly this morning. First of all, fasting and prayer is ministry unto the Lord. It's ministry to the Lord. When you set aside some fasting time and some prayer time, some specific time in your life, you are actually ministering to the Lord himself. I want to encourage you in that. When you take some time to be in the word, when you take some time to be in prayer, you are actually ministering to the Lord. Isn't it true that sometimes we get so busy doing things for the Lord, that we forget to take the time to minister to the Lord. We can, especially as pastors and leaders and, and, and people that are involved in leadership in the church, it can be so easy for us to get busy doing things for the Lord that we miss time, just spending time and ministering to the Lord. It says of the young boy Samuel that he ministered unto the Lord. And when he ministered unto the Lord, he was the one who heard the voice of the Lord. And we see this in the church in Antioch as they fasted, as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said something. And he wants to say something to you. And he wants to say something to to me. And he wants to say something to us as a leadership. He wants to say something to us to, to, to move the mission to the next level. And, and not only to move the mission to, uh, to the next level, but in your life to move you to another level of hearing God, knowing God, having clarity in your, in your, in your areas of work and, and life and in business. I believe that God wants to speak and download some specific blueprints into some people this morning, and he's calling you. And friends, this is an invitation, and this is a call just to be with him, to take things off of your plate so that you can put more important things onto your plate, namely being closer and more intimate in your relationship with God because he is waiting to speak to you and he's wanting to speak to us as a church. The second thing we see is that fasting then enables us to hear God's direction more clearly. Again, the Holy Spirit said And this is how we can go to the next level. How we can go to the next level on mission is when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and then we obey. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you individually in your life and in your family and you obey, you will see the next level of impact. You will see the next level of kingdom moving forward. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all these other things that you're worried about, all these other things that you're taking your energy, all these other things that are taking your time. As you seek first his mission, his kingdom, his church, his righteousness, all these things then will be added to you. And I want to encourage you this morning, encourage all of us together that we seek God together and we will hear the Holy Spirit. It says that David, that he, when he didn't know what to do, We see in Scripture that David inquired of the Lord, and then the Lord told him what to do. And when the Lord told him either wait or fight, 
David would obey the Lord and he would always see victory. In one case, David inquired of the Lord. The Lord told him to go out against the army and he defeated the army. And it says that David then called that place breakthrough. What is the breakthrough? What is your breakthrough? We've said that this is a year as a church of breakthrough. We've said this is a year of God's favor and breakthrough. Well, in scripture, we see that when, we, when people seek a breakthrough, it doesn't usually just happen. It's usually when they pursue the breakthrough, when they pursue God, when they actually lean in like David saying, I'm inquiring of the Lord. David didn't just passively go, well, well, I'm going to be the king and I'm going to break through and just kind of let God do it whenever he wants to in his sovereignty and his timing. Sometimes what we call the sovereignty of God is actually laziness in our own lives spiritually. We just say, oh, it's just sovereign. God can do what he wants. No, God's calling us to know him. God's calling us to partner with him. God's calling us into a deeper place like David where we would inquire of the Lord and the Holy Spirit would show us and the Holy Spirit would say something and we would encounter an incredible breakthrough. He wants it to happen in your finances. He wants it to happen in your relationships. He wants to happen in this church as we move forward as First Assembly. We're thankful for the history. We're thankful for what God has done. But as we move forward, there is breakthrough for us. There is new things. There's new territory. There's more people to reach. There's greater mission. There's greater mission in our city and around the globe that God has called us to. And as they worshiped the Lord and they fasted, the Holy Spirit said something. And we're going to lead in as a leadership. We're going to lean in over this next week to listen, to give us spiritual ears, Lord, is our prayer, that we would hear you. And so here's a couple things real quickly. Here's what fasting is not. Number one, fasting is not so that God will love you more. (laughs) He already loves you. Fasting is not to say, God, if I do this, then you'll, you'll love me more, or you'll, you know, be more pleased with me. Friend, just get rid of that thinking. It's wrong. This is just an invitation for you. In Scripture, I don't even think fasting is necessarily a command, but we know that Jesus expected it. He alluded to the fact that we would fast when he was away, and, and that when he wasn't here physically on earth, and he, Also, we see this as a pattern in the New Testament church, that they, in Antioch, this was likely part of their regular behavior, that they would come to a place where they're like, we don't kind of know what next to do, but we need to fast, and we need to worship, and we need to minister unto the Lord, and be in his presence, so that the Holy Spirit can speak to us about what the next moves are. And so we see this as a pattern in the church, and so it's not about God's approval in your life. You're already approved. You're already loved. So if you choose... If you would like to choose to spend some time in special prayer and fasting this week, it's not that God will love you more. You are already loved, loved, loved. You're already accepted and forgiven. There's nothing you can do that will make God love you any more than he already loves you. There's nothing you can do that will make God love you any less than he already loves you. Like you can't sin or you can't do something that will take away his love. He loves you. But there is the question of closeness and relationship. And if it's in your heart, fasting will help you move to that place. So it's not gaining God's approval. It's also not gaining man's approval. We're we're not about like, we're not going to get on our our social media and go, I'm fasting this week more than anybody else at First Assembly, you know, and you want all your friends to like it, right? Don't do it if you're trying to do it to impress other people. If we have that thinking, we're way off track. There's nothing, nothing 
about this that is about becoming more spiritual and we've got the fasters and we got the, the slowers and we got, you know, whatever. we got the different levels of spirituality at First Assembly. Forget about it. It's not what we're doing. It's not why we're doing it. If it's even remotely close to what you're thinking about, you're free. It's just an invitation. If you don't want to fast at all, you're not able to, feel no pressure, feel no obligation. It's completely an invitation and it's between you and the Lord as we move into this season. So just to clear that up, all right? So there's freedom. How many know you're free in Jesus Christ? And be free. Be free. There's no pressure from your pastor. There's no pressure between each other trying to look all spiritual. It's just an invitation, all right? But then the other thing about fasting is it's not a diet, all right? Now, you may benefit from fasting this week. You may lose a few pounds. You may be like, all right, I'm ready for the beach. Uh, But it's not about trying to lose weight. It really is about intimacy and seeking God. So this week, this is what it's going to look like. If you put this slide up, prayer and fasting. We're going to be opening the church this week, Tuesday morning at 6 o'clock. From 6 to 7 o'clock, right here in this room, we're going to be praying together. We would invite you uh, to join as many as possible to be here. You might be on your way to work downtown. Why don't you get up a little bit earlier? That might be one of the days that you would like to fast this week. You can fast one day. You can fast one meal. You can fast a meal every day. You can fast in different ways. That's between you and the Lord, and you would have received some information that I had emailed out over the last couple of weeks with some resources. If you still need resourcing, stop by the um, guest services, and we'd be happy to get you resources this week about biblical fasting. But you may be on your way, way to work downtown. Why don't you come a bit early and just join us here for some prayer? Also, Wednesday at lunch, maybe you have a lunch break. And you can drop by the church anywhere between 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday. We'll be here praying. And then next Sunday night, at the conclusion of Pentecost Sunday, it's our first Sunday of the month, Sunday night prayer. And if you have not been to Sunday night prayer, I want to encourage you to come. Maybe you've never been. Why don't you come to this Sunday night prayer coming up? What better day than the the day of Pentecost to come together after a week of leaning in and seeking God? And we're going to trust and we're going to seek God. And do you know that even those of you who cannot make it out to our corporate prayer gatherings or those of you who've never been before, do you know that you are prayed for by this church? That we pray for your family, we pray for your business, we pray for your kids, we pray for your relationships, we pray for greater breakthrough for you. Do you know that even if you're not here praying that there are people praying for you every month as we gather in our corporate prayer, every week as we have our intercessors, we are praying not only for the leadership but for every family at First Assembly. And prayer is a top priority because without prayer, we are, we are dead in the water. But with prayer, prayer changes everything. Prayer is, is what Jesus called us to prioritize. And we want to be about the kingdom and we want to be about people. We want to be a people about prayer and seeking God in an intimate way. And so this, these are just tools, friends, to help you. And if you're able to join, why don't you consider starting uh, in, in a week of prayer and fasting. Now, you may want to start fasting right following the potluck this afternoon. You might want to eat extra. You might want to get in that buffet line a couple of times today uh, as you are considering what prayer and fasting may look like for you. So here's a couple things, and then um, I just have one more thing just to highlight this morning. How do you decide how to pray? First of all, decide what you're fasting for. What is the breakthrough that you're, you're looking for? There's some resources that we sent out this week, and, and I sent them out in the email, and we'll be posting them as well again this week, some prayer points, some ways that we can specifically pray corporately in this season of prayer and fasting, asking God to speak. 
But you may also have some things that you want to put on that list saying, God, I'm believing you for a breakthrough. Remember, most people in Scripture didn't, ex- didn't receive the breakthrough unless they actually started leaning in to trust God for the breakthrough. So maybe you can lean in and trust God. Maybe it's an area of your life that you're just saying, God, I need breakthrough in this area. Why don't you consider taking that to the Lord this week in prayer and fasting? Secondly, prepare your heart before God. Is there anything you need to repent of before you move into a season of prayer and fasting? It could be a habit. It could be sin in your life that you just keep struggling with. And you say, God, there's this thing over and over, and I just want to be free of this, Lord. And, and anything known in your life, you can just bring it to the light and say, God, I just want to bring this to you. I want a fresh start in my life in this area. And so bring your heart before God and begin to prepare your life. And then thirdly, decide what to fast for and how long. In other words, how are you going to do it? Are you going to do a meal a day? Are you going to fast certain kinds of food? Are you going to do a Daniel fast? Are you going to fast one day? Are you going to fast three days? Are you going to fast every day this week? However the Lord may lead you to take some time, maybe even this afternoon, Maybe as you're laying on the couch after the buffet, think about, Lord, how am I going to fast this week? And what is it going to look like? Put a plan together. Put it on your calendar. Move appointments around so that you can find some special time to take things off of your plate so that you can put more Jesus onto your plate, so you can put more Holy Spirit into your life intentionally in a way that would allow you to hear and better hear the voice of the Spirit in your life. You know, this church, as I mentioned, has a beautiful history of being on mission. As we come to the conclusion of our missions month, we've been focusing on on shining the light of Jesus in our city this year in particular. And how are we on mission together in Calgary? This church has a beautiful history of being a church that has been on mission ever since its embryonic stages. It was a church that believed in prayer. It was a church that has always believed in fasting and praying and reaching out and stepping out in faith. And this church has started and planted so many other congregations here in our city, other ministries. Uh, Not sure if you knew, but the Master's Academy School started with leadership coming around a season like this where they begin to seek God, saying, God, what what would you require us to do? Uh, The Calgary Dream Center also started, I believe, in a very similar season that we're kind of in right now, where the leadership of the church said, we're going to set our hearts to, to praying and seeking God for how we can reach thousands more people in our city. And you know that by the grace of God, over the last 14 or 15 years or so, since the beginnings of those stirrings, as God began to speak to leadership here at First Assembly, that we've been able to touch thousands of lives for Christ here in our city through the Calgary Dream Center. You're going to hear more about it just in a moment, but let's just give God praise for that. I mean, this is exciting being on mission together. And so that's what we're saying. We're saying, God, whether it's some new efforts, some, the next 10 years, the next 20 years, that's what we're praying for as a church. And so I would invite you to consider being a part of that. But speaking of the Dream Center this morning, as we conclude our missions month, I've invited uh, Jim and Molly Moore to be with us here today. And Jim's here at this time. And Jim, why don't you come right now? We just love you. We honor you. We welcome you as our...